from the Mona Lisa to NFTs, MySpace to the Metaverse, the worlds and your mind truly never stop evolving. Step off the emotional roller coaster of life for a few minutes. Sit back, relax, and enter the world of rebirth. Today we're bringing it back with another super exciting topic that we both are eager to talk to each other about. We both have our own set of notes prepared, so this is going to be an organic, first-of-its-kind conversation about what even is Web3. Steve, what, what do you think about that? It's the third version of Web. <laughs> That's why I think it is. It's Web3. It's... Uh, I mean, really, you got to look at what's Web 2 and what's Web 1 if you want to ask what Web 3 is. Well, Steve, what, what is Web 2 and what is Web 1? For someone that was, wasn't was even alive when Web 1 was first born, Web 1 is older than me. So, like, explain to me what Web 1 is. So, starting in 1989, uh, Web 1, I guess, is what you consider the read-only web. So, when you think of websites, think of static websites, think of ones where you can just put information in. The information, the websites are controlled by big companies. There's very few creators. Uh, there's lots of audience. Uh, think of Google, think of corporate websites. Mm -hmm. um, there's no kind of end date, but I think, I mean, it, nothing, it's all fluid when things start and end, but ended somewhere around 2005 generally, except there are some oh. websites still in Web1. Obviously. So I guess, like, for someone that isn't really a Web1 experiencer, is, like, Wikipedia, that, that kind of seems to be the best idea. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. And then, but I guess... Even, even though that has a little bit of... I, I, that might actually... I mean, I don't even know the definition of that one, because you can actually edit it. Because Web2 now, Web2 started mm -hmm. around 2005, and that's um, classified by read and write. So... Think of things like Facebook, Twitter, where you can blogs, you can start to okay. make content. Um, anybody can make content now. You didn't have to be a programmer. You didn't have to have a host, hosted mm -hmm. site and all that domain. You didn't have to own a domain. So um, Web 1 was just a one-way communication thing. Like someone says something and then you read it. And then Web 2 exactly. is kind of like a two-way street where someone says something and then you get to say something back to them. Exactly, yeah. And also, um, think of it as that Web 1 is you can only play the game if you buy, if you buy into it. you got to build a site. you got to build something. Web 2, you can just sign up and have access. So, you know, you can start up a MySpace mm -hmm. page or you can start up your Twitter account and so forth. And then Web 3, like, do we want to get right into what that is? Yeah, I would I would love to, I guess, dive into early on, just like, what is your definition of Web3? I've got one that I've written down here, but I'd love to hear what you got first. Are you sure? Yeah. Go first. Okay, I'll go first. I don't need too much prompting. So my definition I got for <laughs> Web3 is in Web th in the in a Web3 world, people control their own data and bounce around from social media to email to shopping using a single personalized account, creating a public record on the decentralized blockchain which is already undergrids Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So it's basically like taking it off of universal servers and splitting it up over a million tiny servers so that no one can kind of shut it off or well, thank do you anything. For read off of a page. I'd yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, um, I didn't want to mess it up. I'll just not read off a page and say <laughs> what I think it is, is um, it's a decentralization of the internet. So again, in web one and two, there's infrastructure created by small 
a number of people mm-hmm. control a big percentage. So Amazon Web Servers, they own a huge amount of the web um, storage that then is owned by, um, that, that all of our sites are hosted on. So with, with Web3, for example, all of the information, infrastructure, the technology is, is actually shared across a decentralized matrix or like mm-hmm. every, every piece is being kind of held by a whole bunch of pe- people. And, uh, and that's the community. So there's no longer one organization old, holding the cards. Mm-hmm. Every single person is holding one card f- per se. Um, and so it's, it's um, but I've got a way that I kind of, kind of thought yeah, that made if, sense to me. If I could just jump in for one second with a question I got, because back when I was first started learning about cryptocurrencies, maybe about, I don't know, a year ago, I like started looking into it, and then I hear more and more more podcasts, more looking at everything. I used to think a blockchain was a cryptocurrency or it was like was like a blockchain and a cryptocurrency were like almost the same thing or like they're individually tied. But now looking at Web3, like Web3 is like blockchains are one use of crypto. Crypto so is block, one use of blockchain is yeah. an example of decentralized web. So mm-hmm. when we talk about all of the information, be all the cards being shared across um, a matrix, that's a blockchain. So the Ethereum blockchain mm-hmm. is being held um, across the community of that, but within that there is a currency, which is the Ethereum uh, currency. So. Each mm-hmm. blockchain has a currency, or they don't have to, but a blockchain could have its own currency. So Bitcoin is a blockchain, but it just so happens that their currency is called Bitcoin because they were they actually were, I think, the first mm-hmm. Web3. They, they, that's why Web3 actually started in 2009 with Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. what, what um, whereas like there's other blockchains that might not have a currency. Okay, so is it wrong to say uh, that Web3 is blockchains? Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> that, is, that is the decentralization. Mm-hmm. Blockchains, yeah. Okay, so there, it's like Web3 is based off the idea and the concept of a blockchain, and however you decide to do anything on top of that, whether it's a metaverse or a cryptocurrency, that is completely like a second level thing that just builds up from a web three base. Sort of maybe. Okay. But cryptocurrencies are, are just one component of DeFi or decentralized mm-hmm. finance. So we talk about a decentralized web, there's different decentralized components. So one way that I think of web three is that web one and web two, um, basically was just a tool for the economy outside of the internet. So just name a website. Uh, we'll go with Instagram. So Instagram makes their money ultimately through ad revenue, through businesses that sell their products and services through Instagram. Mm-hmm. So even though people are engaging on it and that's why we're using it, the reason that it exists is to make money off of ad revenue. Um, mm-hmm. So any, any website in Web 1 and 2 exists for it like ultimately if there's a financial aspect it, it's it's tied into the outside economy with mm-hmm. web 3 though the economy is built into the internet so it doesn't need the outside world to exist um, and that's why we talk about decentralized finance creates that that whole ecosystem self-contained within the web 3 
Okay, I think that finally hearing you say it that way and like actually sitting down to have a conversation about it, I think I finally kind of clicked into like why it matters in the larger conversation. Like you can't have one without another and like it's self-sustaining and like the people that own it and own a piece of that blockchain through its currency are kind of like betting on its future beyond just the cryptocurrency. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the decentralized finance doesn't make sense to people in, in first world countries because we have banks and it's easy for us to go in and get bank accounts mm-hmm. and credit cards. But if you live in a third world country, first off, it might be impossible for you to get to a bank. Secondly, you might not have a birth certificate or, 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 or like a social ID or whatever, mm-hmm. so you can't get an account. And then next, maybe you do it. Maybe there's no way of you earning income because there's no way of actually getting somebody to give you money because there's no economy down there. But now people in any country can create an economy, be part of an economy, mm-hmm. not only be part of an economy, but get the, the get paid into an account mm-hmm. that now they have access to that they can then go and deposit from into real cash that then they mm-hmm. can use in their life. So that's where I think we're going to see a real pickup is in third world countries where they, they need this. Yeah, and it, this has all kind of become possible because the ownership and the power around the currency and of everything in central is taken, not given to them by their government, but it's given to them. It's owned by the it's people for the, the people. people. Totally. Yeah, I think that it makes a lot more sense when you think of it a lot more broader than just cryptocurrency. I wanted to jump into one point I kind of have and one kind of qualm I have with Web3 before we jump into why it matters for artists and marketing. But I, I think it's an amazing idea, but I've... I've somewhat fail to see how it could really exist in the idealistic way that everyone speaks about it, how it's completely decentralized and the everyone that's super hard in Web3 is like, we don't want Facebook there. We don't want Instagram there. Like, don't go to Web3 Facebook. They're like, think it like, they're kind of like tabooing it away. But I fail to see how it could really exist and work without kind of big players existing and kind of making it easy to navigate well, who's say who's saying that right now? The one percent of the internet. Yeah, I mean, I, I so uh, like if you think about how many people are on, and uh, let's say I like I don't know how relevant. Let's maybe Facebook is going to be relevant, or maybe it's somebody else, maybe Amazon or Tesla, mm-hmm. for all we know. But um, we have to remember there's still like ninety nine percent of the rest of the world. Maybe not everybody. Like there's obviously a huge percentage that will never be on it. But even if we say twenty percent of the population that's still 19 percent more than than right now so the, if not 19.9 percent more than right mm-hmm. now so they're going to need an entry point that's way easier to access than than some um maybe maybe decentraland or whatever they might need they might need an entry point that's more just more accessible and Facebook will provide that just like Apple. Like mm-hmm. for a lot of people, Apple was probably their first computer. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't because it was the best computer. It's because it was the easiest for them to live with. And mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't have nightmare stories about their computer after six months needing some kind of a hardware reset. And they don't understand what that is. And then they have to take it to the computer store and then spend where mm-hmm. all of a sudden they could have a computer and be a part of it. Whereas I think Apple and I mean Amazon, or sorry, Meta and whoever else the the mainstream will just make it accessible. Yeah, I think that's a good point of looking at it not as a flat system. Web three is just like it's decentralized and that's it. That's the only thing that it is. 
and, and think of it as a tiered system like it is somewhat central and the base to get you into it and then but you have the opportunity to go fully decentralized for the people that really do value that and do want to live in that world i think that is a good kind of distinction to it and then maybe by web four or five thinking 30 50 100 years in the future then we could maybe get into the fully decentralized world if in part that will be implanted into us <laughs> some kind of a probe oh, yeah. yeah we'll just we'll just live in the web five that's that's gonna be when it really kicks in that's when <laughs> <laughs> screw web three we're going for web five guys web five all the way one thing though i, I like an, an idea that i somebody posed to me was we were talking about decentralization and they thought i was being an anti-vaxxer and i think that people have this idea like Web three, I mean, decentralization is anti-government and now mm -hmm. you're this Trump supporting and it's just this big polarizing topic, whereas that's totally not what it means. It's just, it's actually f very much a, a beautiful idea for the right, the right reasons for helping people. But I think mm -hmm. we, we convolute the terms because of the anti-government and it becomes just a very hot topic. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very early in the web3 conversations for the world. And I think the world is still grappling with crypto and understanding what crypto and NFTs are and I think web3 is still a few years behind that, but I think it is coming and I think it's a time to get in and educate yourself early if you really are interested in playing this game longwise. And Steve, I wanted to dive into our artist core following that want to know how to market in this new world in this new space so why does it matter for artists and any prediction you have uh, for how to market in a web3 environment thinking forward well the first would just be making nfts because that's web3 so um part of nfts we didn't even talk about was smart contracts and so mm -hmm. part of DeFi is is about that whole thing so just that whole thing is is obviously game changing um so mm -hmm. there's there's kind of that and then you're, there's also the more like the, the, the interactive component, where I think you're maybe alluding to, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think a, a few of the things I wanted to say about this is I feel like Web3 marketing is going to be less so like Web2 marketing, where Web2 is just about being loud and saying your message is loud and as far as so as many people hear it as possible. But Web3 is more going to be like, I want to be deep and intentional and have a long conversation with my viewers and really get higher quality viewers but fewer of them i think that's going to be kind of the community, mentality I, I think it's also about true community experience mm -hmm. so right now um the only people that are really building communities in my eyes are like um influencers and and businesses right mm -hmm. so it's hard for a lot of us artists to actually have real big communities because even though we might exhibit in galleries around the world and have have like a reputation there online is so different and, and a lot of our works don't translate very well to um, digital. So this allows us now to look at um, the interaction with our customer in a much broader, more in immersive experience. And so mm -hmm. I think that's where artists can really take advantage of looking at how can I extend my art making process from just being one thing like drawing, you know, or painting or sculpting or acting or whatever, and turning it into how can I mm -hmm. create value for my community and yeah. build a community and, and then take that community on a journey through the meta with me or through whatever touch points. It's your touch points 
NFTs? Is it NFTs that take you into a meta experience? Yeah. Is it NFTs that take you into a physical experience like Gary Vee, right? And the Vee friends. So mm-hmm. I think um, there's just there's just so many ways, any, any direction you look, I can, you can think of a half a dozen ways to approach it. Yeah, and if I could just interject for one second. One, at one point that kind of percolated in my brain while you were talking is I think a great way to simplify this for anyone that hasn't fully grasped this idea of decentralized art and decentralization for creators and why it's important is if you've ever heard of Patreon, it is the exact same concept but scaled up. You have a core group of people that love you and believe in everything you do that buy into you, into your own little unit that you control and you produce content for that is exclusive. But wouldn't you say Patreon is also just like a pity party where people are like, I feel sorry for this guy who I know is making, or girl who's making, you know, peanuts on their poor YouTube videos, so I'm going mean, to give them... You could think of it like that if that's your opinion of it. Like, you can, like I, I don't see the value that you can really give besides like maybe an extra video or like a little open chat. Whereas now you can actually create an experience. And yeah, it's, it's like it's step one of getting to decentralization. It, it was like Patreon, then NFTs and smart contracts give you a second level. And then DeFi gives you the second, the third level where you can really do a ton for your community and your people that really care about your art. Mm hmm. Huh, wow, it's, it's such an interesting topic with so many avenues to, I guess, get down. I, I, I find that the nice thing that's, that's going on right now is that there's no right or wrong answer. And mm-hmm. there's just a plenty of like, interest. And so I feel like in a few years from now, um, when businesses come on board and when everybody starts to wake up, um, they're going to be looking for help right and whoever whoever just even has been doing it will will gain um some experience and opportunity there so if you just want some opportunity in the future maybe for your business or for you as an artist i think just hedging a little bit of your your bet down this path might not be a bad idea awesome cool i think that is a great spot to i guess wrap us up steve do you have any last points you want to hit on for what even is web three and why it matters for artists i guess to me just think about it as an opportunity to um to to execute on some an idea and a dream and a vision and not have to be held back by um cap by large businesses or i you know the man Don't, don't be held back by the man anymore you can be uh, in control of your dreams. Awesome. I really loved that. I take control of your dreams, do it how you want to it, make an album, sell it to the people, own your stuff, let them own it. Don't sell it to anyone else. Keep it with people that really care and value about its future. I'm excited to see where Steve. I can't wait to watch, um, people that I support now grow up to be huge successes and then be along for the ride. Yeah. I mean, Personally, I can't wait to see Steve jump into Web3 in Decentraland and grow his community because I, I see the passion that he has for his art. And I, I love seeing how much connection and amount of like mindfulness he can create around it. I just think I'm so excited for, I guess, Steve's Rebirth community to take off and really see like firsthand what a decentralized Web3 community could be like. So if you guys are interested in getting in on that deep into that community early on, feel free to join us down in our Discord. We'll be talking and chatting every day, every week about marketing for NFT artists, about Web3, just kind of hanging out and connecting with people that are on the same page as us. Uh, Steve, any plugs for the I end just, of the show? 
I just want to um, thank everybody for listening and watching and um, follow me on Twitter at, at Steve Bayless. Uh, you can get uh, latest up-to-date news on my art career, my new NFT project, Rebirth, uh, and it's dropping uh, in spring, coming up soon. So thanks, everybody, and I look forward to the next one. Cool, cool. Thank you guys so much for listening to What Even Is Web3. We'll be sure to be coming back soon with another podcast. Let us know any suggestions or questions you have. We're looking for any things you got, and we will see you in the next one. Have a great day. Awesome. Nice.